Parents with the Wintonberry Community, an early childhood podcast for parents provided by the certified teaching staff at Wintonberry Early Childhood Magnet School. This is Episode 6, CPS for Parents Part 2, Identifying Unsolved Problems. Hello, and welcome to Part 2 of our Collaborative and Proactive Solutions podcast for parents. I am Kathleen Jandro, the school social worker at Wintonberry. So, in our last podcast on this topic, we talked a little bit about changing your lens and looking at a child having challenging behavior with, um, you know, maybe a little more empathy than we typically do, and knowing that kids do well if they can, and um, also remembering that we see the challenging behaviors when a child is overwhelmed or overcome by the demands of a situation, and they don't have the skills that they need to manage that situation. So once we can get good at practicing that and changing our lens, looking at our children's behaviors in a different way, we can really start to move on to the next step, which is identifying the unsolved problems. So this is, these are times when your child's repeatedly having difficulty. You're looking for patterns and you're noticing like, oh, okay, so every time or most times when I ask him or her to put their shoes on in the morning, it ends up with, some yelling and crying, and generally, uh, you know, not the peaceful morning transition you were hoping for. So you are looking for those types of situations, and because the the approach is called uh, proactive, collaborative, and proactive solutions. In order to be proactive, you would be making a list of all of the unsolved problems, all of these situations that come up repeatedly, and you'd be doing that separately. Um, you know, from your child. You're, you're going to organize your thoughts a little bit, uh, get this list together uh, before you talk to your child to try to address these, these issues that keep coming up. One of the um, important things when you do identify the unsolved problems is how you're wording it. So you are wanting to really tease out and identify the unmet expectation. What is it that you would like your child to be doing? So in a perfect world where your child just goes along with every expectation, what is it that you would like them to be doing? So in that example earlier, you know, you would like them to be putting their shoes on when you ask. You also want to be aware of some of the lagging skills that might be playing into the problems. So and this is more just to help you organize your own thoughts and, and it helps us all, I think, maintain a little bit of empathy to be able to think like, okay, I know my child has, has uh, you know, some lagging skills in the area of transitioning from one place to another. And so, okay, here he is again. He's not putting his shoes on when I asked him to. Oh, right. Okay, that's that's coming from that, that lagging skill of being able to transition easily. So it, it's, you know, it, like I said, it just, it helps, I think, to organize your own thoughts and to, to just stay more focused on the fact that, okay, they, they're not doing this because they're, they're trying to be difficult. They're doing it because they're really, they're lacking the skill in this moment to complete the task that, that they're supposed to be completing and to meet the expectation that I have for them. There is a tool, it's on Ross Green's website, Lives in the Balance, uh, dot org, and it's called the ALSUP, which is the Assessment of Lagging Skills and Unsolved Problems. It's something that um, that you can look at just to get an idea of what some of these lagging skills might be. You know, I, you can use it as a tool uh, with your child. It, it it's um, 
it is time consuming and it it's up it's sort of, it's up to you if you think using it will help you then great if you just want to kind of look at it as a sort of a guide to help you organize yourself a little bit that's great too and if you you know really just want to focus on kind of listing the unsolved problems that works too um, as far as I'm concerned so the unsolved problems a little bit more on the wording of those they they usually start with the word difficulty so for example again all right I'm noticing you're having difficulty putting on your shoes in the morning when I ask Ross Green really likes the word difficulty um, you know, it, I think for my own children, I've noticed they don't necessarily always know what that means. Um, so sometimes I say, I notice you're having a hard time with, or you're having a tough time when, dot, dot, dot. So you can, you know, I think shift the, the wording a little bit in my opinion, uh, but in general, the, 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 the meaning you're going for is difficulty. You're having difficulty doing blank. Um, and, you know, the rest of the sentence is really what the expectation is. We want to be careful and ensure not to include any of the challenging behavior. We don't want to include any adult theories. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say something to my child like, I noticed you're having difficulty not screaming and yelling when I ask you to put your shoes on. Okay, that's not what we want to do. And we don't want to add in an adult theory either. So, again, we don't want to say, um, you know, I noticed you're having difficulty putting your shoes on because you don't want to go to school. So because you don't want to go to school is a completely an adult theory, and our theory might be correct, but it might not be correct. And the idea is we want to use this first sentence. This is how we're starting the conversation. Like, hey, I want to talk to you. I notice that you're having difficulty putting your shoes on in the morning when I ask. We want to have it be as open as possible so that they feel like, okay, yes, I am a partner in this conversation, and, and they, they do want to hear my, my thoughts and concerns about it. And we don't want them to be feeling defensive or like they're in trouble um, because they're less likely to engage in the problem-solving process with you if they're feeling that way. Much like I think we as adults are, we're, we're more ready to problem-solve if we're not feeling defensive. So once you have your list of unsolved problems, then you're going to choose which ones you want to, to work on first. So you're going to look at this list and it's probably going to, it could be very long. Um, there, there are, you know, are a lot of small things that, that young children might have difficulty with throughout the day. And you're going to prioritize. So you're going to look at your list and you're going to say like, okay, so, well, she's not putting her shoes on in the morning. She's having difficulty putting her shoes on in the morning, but she's also having difficulty walking next to me in the parking lot. Okay. So you're going to look at that and think like, okay, the priority then the, the first problem to solve would probably be the walking next to you in the parking lot because that's a safety issue. So you're going to look at safety and security, you're going to look at frequency, and you're going to look at gravity. Those are the three, the three ways to decide which problems you're going to tackle first. Um, so security, frequency is pretty self-explanatory. Gravity is, is how much is this problem affecting my child and others. If it, if it is something that's affecting either my child or others or both a lot, then that's going to be a priority problem. Um, because you're going to have this long list, like I said, and or maybe not, maybe your list will be shorter, but you're going to probably have more than one unsolved problem. And you're not going to be able to talk about them all at once. So you're going to have to, to kind of spread them out over time. So that's why you're taking, the, the you know, you're going to look at them and decide which ones you want to tackle first. So... 
the I would say the trickiest part of this this piece, this step is really is really the wording, and you really you're trying to be um, precise in your wording and make you're, you're saying it in a way that the child's going to understand. Obviously, is a is a key component. So. I would suggest writing out those soft problems. You don't need to word them perfectly, you know, the first time if you're just getting your ideas down, or you could also do it in your head. Um, and then then try to take a step back and make sure you're getting the wording to be very, very precise. Um, so just an example on that, it, it would mean like you're not saying, like, you have difficulty getting ready for school in the morning because that has so many different components, and, and it could be a million different reasons for each different one. So that would be broken down into everywhere that there's a, a problem. So I, you're having difficulty you know, getting out of bed in the morning when I tell you it's time to wake up. You're having difficulty coming into the bathroom when it's time to brush your teeth. So you're going through step by step. And it can be, honestly, it can be a little bit tedious because you're breaking it down to a very detailed level. But the reason for that is because that's the most effective way to solve the problems so that down the line you're not having to take up time um, and sort of, you know, take up your, your, everyone's good mood, um, dealing with these, these issues that keep coming up. So it can take a little time in the beginning, but the idea is it'll save you time and stress in the end. All right. So we will be back, um, next month with part three, which is how you actually have the conversation, the plan B conversation with your child. And I would encourage you to, in the meantime, practice coming up with those unsolved problems and practice getting the wording specifically, um, specific enough and, you know, have, have some kind of idea about what, what you really want to start with when it, when we talk about how to have the plan B conversation. And that will be next month. Um, shortly before the end of school. All right, thank you. Visit our website at wec.bloomfieldschools.org to find Mrs. Jondro's PowerPoint from this episode, along with other related resources. Remember to subscribe to The Peep on the Apple Podcasts app or the Google Play app to find out when future episodes are available. You can also check The Peeper newsletter. Thanks for listening.